Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Boy, do we have a lot to be thankful for coming out of this Thanksgiving Day feast that we just had. And there is so much going on around the NFL. Just before I got ready to produce this episode, it was announced that the Detroit Lions uh, fired Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, the GM. So the Detroit Lions will be starting over again with another rebuild. Not surprising after Thursday's performance against Houston, but they become another team to say goodbye to their coach midseason. Probably a good year to do that. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out for the Lions uh, from this point forward. So we also have news breaking that Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Indianapolis coach, Colts has uh, been designated COVID IR uh, list and will not play this weekend. So that's a big, big smash for a few fantasy owners out there. Jonathan Taylor definitely out this week. Christian McCaffrey is not going to make it back this week. He's going to be out. And we all know that he's on a bye the following week. So you're not going to have McCaffrey until the playoffs if you get to have him at all. And Zach Ertz, another one that people have been waiting for, is also listed as out this week. It looks like his return is not certain until at least week 13. So in this episode of Put Me In Coach Week 12, we have no buys this week. Everybody gets a full slate of, of players, and thank God for that. Um, week 13, we'll have Tampa Bay and Carolina on a buy. So the question becomes for a lot of us, so the Pittsburgh game that was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving Day, Thursday, was postponed to Sunday at 1.15. As a matter of fact, uh, we use the Sleeper app in our fantasy league. I was checking that out, and as of a little bit ago, they were still listed as a 1.15 p.m. kickoff on Sunday. However, the NFL has announced that that game has been moved to now, Tuesday, and that will be played at 8 p.m. if the game is even played at all. And there is more and more reason to believe that quite possibly this game may be delayed completely. Now, if they do play the game on Tuesday night, then week 13 will be affected by that because Baltimore is supposed to play Dallas on Thursday night. If they play this game, that game will be slated for Monday, December 7th at 5 p.m. However, there is rumor that if this Pittsburgh and Baltimore game is not played at all, that Baltimore and Dallas will then play on Thursday, and Pittsburgh and the Baltimore game would then be moved to the week after the season ends in a makeup week that the NFL has set aside prior to the playoffs and what effect that might have on the playoffs. So it is getting crazy. It has been crazy. So I started looking at a few things, and I thought there's going to be a lot of people asking questions. So here's the thing. In fantasy football, we're down to two weeks. We got week 12, week 13 for most leagues. Some will go to week 14, but nonetheless, even if it's week 14 before your playoffs start, a lot of teams are looking at you know trying to make that final push to get into their playoff picture. And... Losing players from Pittsburgh's roster like Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, 
James Conner has an effect on their lineup, possibly Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and then Baltimore, I mean, you're, you're losing Lamar Jackson. He's out. J.K. Dobbins, he's out. Mark Ingram can't play. He's out. What do you do in this situation? If that game doesn't play on Tuesday night, I mean, are you willing to put the balance of your fantasy football season on the line waiting to see if one of those players are going to play? I'm going to say that most of us are not in that situation that we would want to do that. So I went through a couple of the leagues that I'm in, and I looked at some of the teams that had these players, and then I kind of looked at their rosters and said, well, who could you play um, if you if you had those players in their spot? So starting in Pittsburgh with Chase Claypool, uh, who is ranked as a 19th uh, wide receiver his position, averaging 15.6 fantasy points per game. Um, on this particular person's roster, on the bench currently, Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati, who averages 16.2 fantasy points per game, and then Sterling Shepard averaging 12 fantasy points per game. Now, both of those guys would be okay plays. Tyler Boyd's kind of an iffy situation now that they've announced that Brad Allen is going to be the starting quarterback, so not even Finley, who went in to replace Burrow when he got hurt. They're moving from their second-string quarterback to their third-string quarterback. The good news is that with Allen, he has a pretty decent rapport with Tyler Boyd in the past when he has played in games with him. So, um, But I don't think the high end is 16 fantasy points. I mean, it could be, but I think if that would be at best, right? Uh, Sterling Shepard, New York Giants. Has a pretty good matchup this week. Playing Cincinnati. They're playing each other, so that's kind of interesting. Um, he might even actually be the better play of those two. So there's there's an opportunity. You know, you're giving up 15.6, but that's better than zero to put in a couple players. That would be a couple I would recommend there if they're available on your roster. Juju Smith-Schuster averaging 14.3 fantasy points per game. Um, and on one of the rosters I looked, they had T. Higgins on the bench. Again, going back to the Cincinnati things. Not sure that that's a, that it's a great play, but that's what that person had available, 13.2. It's a point difference. Um, T. Higgins has done really well. So, again, that, that was an option for that particular team. Deontay Johnson, 14.1 fantasy points per game. If he's unable to play, uh, this person had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on his bench, who's averaging 14.8. I would play him in a heartbeat uh, and, and take my risk without having Deontay Johnson. He had a really good week last week, and I think he's just starting to hit his stride. So there you go there. And then James Conner, probably more difficult because the running back position in the NFL has been so crazy lately. 13.4 uh, fantasy points per game. If he doesn't go, uh, this player had... Nelson Aguilar on their bench, uh, averaging 10.93 fantasy points per game for Philadelphia, and that might be a uh, possible play for that individual. So uh, trying to take a look at rosters, and in general, you know, they say the rule of thumb is that if it's a quarterback and you can roster or pick up a waiver wire quarterback that is six positions down from where the current quarterback you have is listed that makes a good substitution and then for running back and wide receiver it goes to 12 so uh, you could look at it from that perspective um, for Baltimore Lamar Jackson and his 23.6 fantasy points per game 
will not be available. Uh, he is ranked 12th. And then uh, on this particular team, they also had Ben Roethlisberger, who's ranked 11th with 24.4 fantasy points per game. However, we know Lamar Jackson's not going to play because of COVID. Ben Roethlisberger could play. However, are you going to risk that? Are you going to risk putting him in and then having that game canceled, and now all of a sudden you have zero points at your quarterback position? So if you have an IR list and you're able to pick up a quarterback before Sunday's games, I would recommend these three quarterbacks are available in most leagues. Uh, Carson Wentz, who's averaging 22.1 fantasy points per game, although personally I've had him on my roster. Uh, a few weeks ago I picked him up as a free agent, and he was supposed to have a couple really good games and really good matchups, and he went out and put up 7.8 points for me. Um, it was horrible. I don't trust him. He has been so inconsistent, but he is available. They're saying, you know, great matchup against Seattle this week, um, but I would say that, you know, just because Seattle's given up the most points to the quarterback position, that does not make Carson Wentz a good play. As a matter of fact, his tackle, Lane Johnson, is going to be out. He's out for the season, um, and that has not boded well for the fact that Carson Wentz just has not moved out of the pocket well and thrown the football this year. Another one, Kirk Cousins, 21.7 fantasy points per game. He's going up against Carolina. The last five games, Carolina's defense has allowed 10 touchdowns and 292 yards per game. Um, of the three that I listed, he would be my choice if I was going to go out and snatch a quarterback off of the the uh, waivers that might be available in place in that IR position if I was in this position with Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. And then the last one on the list is Teddy Bridgewater, who is supposed to play this weekend. 21.2 uh, fantasy points per game. He's going to be playing in Minnesota. You can throw the football against Minnesota. But again, probably my second choice. Uh, Cousins, my first choice, and Wentz would be my last choice. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure I would pick Wentz. I might try to see if Tua is available. Um, and I'm sure there's a few other quarterbacks that, that might even be a better play. Daniel Jones, possibly one of those guys. Um, New York Giants, yeah, they, okay, so then we go over and we look at the running back position for Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins, um, only averaging 8.5 fantasy points per game. I know you have to be really excited. He had a good week last week. Seemed to take over the running back position in Baltimore and looked like a surefire player that was exactly what you wanted when you drafted him. You knew you weren't going to get him early in the year. You were going to hope in the middle of the year he started performing. And then by the end of the year, he carries you to a fantasy football championship because he's you know, the number one running back the last six weeks of the year. Well, now he's out. So what do you do? Well, in this particular league that I was looking at, this person already went out and picked up Gus Edwards, um, which would have ordinarily would have been, you know, that's a nice pickup, right? It's He's obviously going to play with Dobbins and Ingram out. However, if that game isn't played, now what do you do? So I looked at the roster. He also had David Johnson, who's out, and Todd Gurley. It was just announced he's not playing. He's out. And then DeAndre Swift, who didn't play on Thursday. We know that, right? So this guy is sitting here with Gus Edwards. That's all he's got. And that's crazy. And now I don't know if you get, you know, again, if the IR situation comes into play here, if you can make another roster move. I'm going to say that you're in a position where you can, okay? So assuming that, 
who would I look at? Well, there are a couple running backs that are available in a lot of leagues, and one that I like in particular is Wayne Gallman, uh, New York Giants versus Cincinnati. Last four games, 51% of the snaps, 54 carries, 199 yards, five TDs, eight catches for 54 yards. He's averaging 13.3 fantasy points per game. And this is the other part I like about him. Uh, he's hitting his stride. After Cincinnati, he gets Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. Those are good plays. So that's Wayne Gallman for the New York Giants. If you can grab him uh, on, on for an IR fill-in or whatever it is, he is a good play. Uh, and if you can grab him as a waiver wire pickup in your league still, I think he's, he's a good play. He seems solid. He's been healthy. Knock on wood. Another one is New England's Damian Harris versus Arizona. His last two games, he's carried the ball 47% of the snaps, 12.3 fantasy points per game, 33 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown. He's had one catch for 11 yards. So if I had to find somebody to replace J.K. Dobbins with, those are the two guys I would be looking for on the waiver wire. There are still a few other guys that are available out there. Zach Moss versus L.A. Chargers might be a good play. Um, they have allowed a top 15 running back in eight consecutive games. That's crazy. And they've allowed seven rushing TDs in their last five games. That's the L.A. Chargers defense. Zach Moss for Buffalo will be playing the L.A. Chargers this week. It is a high wind alert in Buffalo, which means they may not be throwing the ball around. Um, Zach lost the last three games, 53% snaps, 30 rushes, 119 yards, three touchdowns. So he's touchdown relevant running back. Actually, he's probably what I would consider a touchdown reliant running back because 119 yards and, and 30 carries really isn't that great. And then... Three catches for an additional 27 yards. 11.8 fantasy points per game. But this is the game that I think he could take over and do really well for your fantasy team. Now, Devin Singletary might even be a play in this one. 45% snaps, 20 rushes, 102 yards. No touchdowns, though, because uh, Zach Moss is getting all the end zone work. And then five catches for 34 yards and, again, no touchdowns. But, you know, definitely Zach Moss might be a play if you need another running back and he will be playing the la chargers this weekend now running back for indianapolis colts who who knows what's going to happen right um in week 10 neam hines versus tennessee had 28.5 fantasy points took 56 percent of the snaps uh 12 carries, 70 yards, one touchdown. He had five catches for 45 yards, another TD. That was a great performance against Tennessee. Now, with Jonathan Taylor now being listed as out with COVID, does that give him an opportunity to be the starter? Not sure he's going to be number one because Wilkins has done that from time to time. But last week, Taylor was definitely RB1 in Indianapolis. But... I think Hines is a great play this week versus Tennessee with this opportunity. And if nothing else, he should get his catches and yardage. So that's about a 10-point floor, right? Maybe with a touchdown, 16. That's a solid play if you're in need of a running back. Moving on over to Atlanta, we're going to look at Brian Hill. Todd Gurley is out. They are playing the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders allow the third most rushing touchdowns, uh, I'm sorry, 
The Raiders allowed three rushing touchdowns to the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Gurley is definitely out, not going to play. But Brian Hill, when he has carried the ball, is averaging 4.3 yards per carry. He's had 20 targets and caught 16 passes. So he does catch the ball, too. That's a high percentage. So I think he would be a really nice sneaky play for your team this week. Um, and if you need depth behind Todd Gurley, might be a nice free agent pickup for somebody out there because uh, Gurley possibly might not play the rest of the year. I mean, that is a possibility. Um, another wide receiver for you. How about that? Let's go to a wide receiver and let's look at Tampa Bay. And I can't believe I'm going to mention this guy because I am not a fan. I used to be a huge fan, not a fan right now. I hope he turns things around. But he is doing what he came to came to Tampa Bay to do. Antonio Brown versus Kansas City. Now, I'm not saying he's a better play than Godwin or Evans. I'm saying it now is a three-wide receiver group that's all relevant, right? Um Kansas City, or not Kansas City, but Antonio Brown is averaging 2.4 air yards per snap, which ranks as the third highest in the NFL for receivers that are over 25 targets. His last two games, he has had 15 catches, 21 targets, 126 yards, no touchdowns, but that's 13.7 fantasy points per game. So that's relevant. That is very relevant. Last week, Kansas City's defense allowed Nelson Aguilar to have six catches for 88 yards and a touchdown, 20.8 fantasy points. I'm just saying, I get a feeling that somebody's going to do well in this Tampa Bay game for Tampa Bay. Brady always seems to come through with big games. I know he had a flopper against New Orleans a few weeks ago, but I think this one might be a little different. Um, and Antonio Brown versus Godwin. 21 targets the last two games, right? Godwin had 16 targets, and Mike Evans, 20 targets. So the number one targeted receiver in Tampa Bay for the last two games, Antonio Brown, again, playing the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Now, I just mentioned Nelson Aguilar, and I'm going to mention him again. He plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's going to be playing Atlanta. I also think he is... Um, a nice pickup and possible play for your team. He's had at least 13 fantasy points in five of his last seven games. He's had a touchdown in five of the last seven games he's played in. And Atlanta is allowing 43.6 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. And he is the number one wide receiver in Las Vegas. So I look for him to have a really game, good game along with Darren Waller. But he is one that most people aren't picking to play. Somebody's got to help them hit that target of 43.6% or points. I think he's the guy. Get Nelson Aguilar into your lineup. Play him. This is the week to do it, and you'll be happy you did. And then Indianapolis has Michael Pittman, and Michael Pittman is a rookie who is starting to play really well, and they're going to be playing Tennessee. Now the Titans allow 42.7% fantasy points per game to wide receivers. So I just said that Atlanta allows 43.6. Right behind them is Tennessee. So you want to get Michael Pittman in your lineup. The last two games, he's played 80% of the snaps. 10 catches, 11 targets, 167 yards. That's 18 yards per catch. 
and one touchdown. That's really high. It's really relevant. Michael Pittman should be a play for everyone this week in fantasy football. Now, here's a couple other guys I might recommend you take a look at. If you have them in your lineup, they might good, be good plays this week. Denver, Tim Patrick, 13.3 fantasy points per game the last three games. And then the New York Giants, Sterling Shepard, 13.9 fantasy points per game in the last four games he's going up against Cincinnati. So there you go. There's a couple other ones I just wanted to toss in there. At the tight end position, I am looking at L.A. Chargers' Hunter Henry versus Buffalo this week. Um, Buffalo has allowed their opponents' tight ends uh, to have a 24% target share, which is the second highest mark in the NFL. That's a lot. 21.3% of points produced in the skill position players come from the tight end position against Buffalo's defense. Again, that's running back, wide receiver, and tight end. That's a nice share of fantasy points right there. Um, they give up six receptions and 64 yards point per game. That is 12.4 fantasy points for most PPR, full PPR leagues, right? That's pretty good for a, for a tight end with no touchdowns. And then the last three games, Hunter Henry, 12 catches, 20 targets, 111 yards. He's had two touchdowns, and he's at 11.6 fantasy points per game. That's his floor. His ceiling is much higher in this game. If you have Hunter Henry, this is a week. Get him in your lineup and let him play. Let him go. He's got a really good rapport with his quarterback, Justin Herbert. Another tight end. This one's not getting much press, but it's one of those guys that just has to have a good week sooner or later, right? How about Austin Hooper? Austin Hooper versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville allows the fourth most fantasy points per game to tight ends. Last week versus Pittsburgh, Eric Ebron had four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Not bad. But this one, for me, it's just a feeling. I think that Baker Mayfield is wanting to throw the football. The last couple weeks, they've played in terrible weather. Absolutely terrible weather. The weather is supposed to be better. Jacksonville defense is struggling. Austin Hooper tight end, Cleveland Browns, sneak him into your lineup and help yourself get to the playoffs. My last tight end for this week, New York Giants against Cincinnati. There is a common theme here. Listen, people, we have to realize Joey Burrow is out. Cincinnati is going to play their third-string quarterback as the starter. Their second-string quarterback last week went in and only completed three out of ten passes. I don't know. I don't know if your third-string quarterback can do much better. He'll probably blow up because I'm really on the bandwagon that it won't happen because it just usually doesn't happen. But here's an opportunity for the Giants to stay in the playoff hunt, and I think they're going to take advantage of it. I think they're going to get a win. And the last three games prior to the Philadelphia game, Evan Ingram had... 9, 10, and 10 targets. He had 6, 5, and 5 catches. 155 yards, 1 touchdown. 12.9 fantasy points per game. So he laid an egg 
in the Philadelphia game. Went on a bye. Coming back from a bye, he's fresh. Draws the Cincinnati team to play against. Evan Ingram should be playing this week for your fantasy football team. And last but not least, we'll take a look at the quarterback position. And again, he happens to be a teammate. New York Giants, Daniel Jones versus Cincinnati. Bengals defense has allowed 22 passing TDs, which is tied for the second most in the NFL. They give up the fourth most rushing yards per game. So for those two reasons, I think Daniel Jones is going to have a good game. He's due to throw a few touchdowns, but he's been running the ball really well. He's been over 60 rushing yards in three of the last five games himself and over 20 fantasy points in two of the four. So I think the floor for Daniel Jones is not low this week. I think it's in that 20-point range, but I do think he could have one of his best weeks of the season and easily be in that 30 to 35-point range. Daniel Jones, quarterback for the New York Giants. And then last but not least, Derek Carr versus Atlanta. Last week for Kansas City, he completed 23 passes on 31 throws, 275 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw an interception. He put up 28.6 fantasy points. I actually watched that game, so that's why I'm picking him this week. I think he's hitting his stride. I think the Las Vegas Raiders are hitting their stride. They have a great opportunity to make the playoffs. I think Gruden's done a really good job with the players he has in Las Vegas. I think Derek Carr is a really good play this week for your fantasy football team. So there you go. That's it for the Coach's Corner and the Put Me In Coach edition of Sundays with Jeff Miller. Thank you for listening in. I do want to mention to you that we actually hit over 600 total plays. We're at 609 going into today for the season. Uh, this is going to be our 45th episode here today being played. And I want to thank you all for listening and sharing. And it really helps the numbers. I have enjoyed it as we head towards the playoffs. Hopefully I can help you with any answers towards any of the questions you may have with your rosters. I try to help out where I can. Um, you can email me at sundayswithjeffmiller at gmail.com. Don't forget, Sundays is S-O-N-D-A-Z-E with Jeff Miller at gmail.com. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Put Me In Coach. Good luck to everyone this week with their fantasy teams. Hopefully you get that much-needed win that puts you in a position where week 13 or week 14, maybe you don't have to win. And you can at least set yourself up for the playoffs because that's really a fun time of year for fantasy football teams. Remember to play nice, love your neighbor, and have fun. Bye.